welcome to our regular episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. We've been discussing conditions, which are the operating states of existence and their formulas. As a fast review, it is a datum that everything in this universe is in an operating state. That's pretty obvious. But what Mr. Hubbard discovered is that there are very definite states, and they form a scale from very, very low, a condition that is very, very low, starting with a condition of confusion, up to a very, very high state, which he called power. In any individual, family, group, or even mankind, in any component part of life, or the physical universe, or even the spiritual universe itself, is operating in one of these conditions and can rise higher by executing very precise steps, or what Mr. Harvard referred to as the conditions formulas, to rise from one to the next. Conversely, a non- or misapplication of these natural part of the wolf and warp of the universe steps results in decay. Now, I've been receiving a lot of feedback from listeners that they have been applying the formulas we've covered so far, which I think is danger and then affluence attainment, a couple of danger formulas because there's two of them, one for groups and one for the person individually. Anyhow, um, been getting quite a bit of feedback from members who are rising the, up the conditions, and some of them have even attained what we could describe as an affluence condition. Now, this is, of course, great news, and that's the whole uh, idea behind these podcasts is to get you into higher conditions. So we're pretty happy about that over here. But I think it is time we start talking about the affluence formula itself. Now, in an earlier podcast, we talked about the steps of affluence attainment, which is not the same thing, so don't get them confused. Today, we are talking about the operating state called affluence. So, as usual, let's start by defining it. Now, from a lecture, 25th of May, 1965, Mr. Hubbard defines an affluence simply as sudden peaks of income. So, you win the lottery, that's an affluence. You have an extraordinary week or month of income in your company or business, that's called affluence. Uh, If you inherit a million bucks, that's called affluence. So who knows where the income is coming from, but a sudden peak of income is called an affluence condition. But remember, it's sudden and it's a peak. And then uh, he also defined it as the state or condition which applies when a statistic goes up steeply. So affluence doesn't just apply to income. He later on clarified He says, affluence is a state or condition which applies when a statistic goes up steeply. So an affluence can apply to more than income. It could be an affluence of apples. You know, somebody dumped a truckload of apples off in your your, uh, barnyard or something. An affluence of apples to feed all the pigs or something. It could be an affluence of affinity, suddenly... Everyone's uh, writing you letters of admiration. It could be an affluence of just about anything. It could be an affluence of production. Suddenly you're, you're delivering a lot more than you ever have. There's a statistic that measures production, which is pretty applicable to almost anybody, which is value of services delivered, VSD. And almost any business can track VSD. And that could go into a sudden affluence. Maybe you're not making a lot of affluence income-wise yet, but your delivery 
is going very high. And so you would apply this formula to that affluence. So realize it's not just an affluence of income, though many of the examples we'll probably end up using today have to do with income, but it could be any statistic. All right. Now, this is not to be confused with the power condition, which is the highest condition there is in this sequence of conditions and is higher by a couple of steps from affluence. So we're going to define power so that you have a clear distinction between the two. We often uh, say the word stat for a statistic, so here we go. This is what Hubbard, how Hubbard, uh, Mr. Hubbard describes the condition of power. A power stat is a stat in a very high range, a brand new range in a normal trend. Now, a normal, for those unfamiliar with the conditions, would be a steady increase. It's not necessarily a, a dramatic, sharp increase. It's just a consistent increase in statistics. Maybe you harvested, uh, you know, 10,000 pounds of potatoes last week, and uh, this week you uh, harvested 10,100 pounds of potatoes. That's more than the earlier week, so we would call that a normal. We wouldn't call that an affluence, but uh, very quickly, that would be a normal trend. But he says a power stat is a stat in a very high range, a brand new range in a normal trend. A power stat is not just a stat that is steeply up for a long time, nor is power simply a very high stat. Power is not a one-week thing. Power is a trend. When you get into a power condition, you are in a whole new range of production or a whole new range of income, and it's trending that way. It's maintaining that way. An affluence would be a sharp increase. You would see that as a peak. Can you hold that peak at the higher level? That would be a power condition if you could do that, if you could keep the statistic going in a normal, steadily increasing, not maybe dramatically, but steadily increasing in a new high range, that would be your power condition. He goes on to define it, all capital letters, definition. Power is a normal and a stellar range so high that it is total abundance, no doubt about it. It is a stat that has gone up into a whole new, steeply high range and maintained that range, and now in that new high range is on a normal trend. That definition is in all capital letters. Now, we're not going to talk about power today. Okay, because that's its, that deserves its own podcast. But I can tell you this, it's one of the last conditions any of my members ever assign themselves when they probably should have a long time since. And one of the biggest errors one makes in power is not recognizing when one is in power. Okay, but again, we're not going to talk about power today. But you can certainly see the distinction between power and affluence. He goes on to say this, operating in this new high range, you might get a slight dip in that stat now and then, but it is still power. There's another datum that is of importance if one is to correctly recognize and understand this condition. Why do we call it power? Again, all capital letters, Mr. Harbert says this, because there is such an abundance of production there that momentary halts or dips can't pull it down or imperil its survival. And that is power, L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, so we're certainly going to talk about power in a future podcast. But I will tell you this, attainment of power comes through a mastery of the affluence formula. Understand? That should be pretty obvious because it's maintaining a normal trend in a new high range of production. That new high range of production is attained through an affluence condition. 
So if you can't master affluence, you'll never get into power because you go into an affluence and you break it. You go into an affluence and you break it. You mishandle those affluence formulas and uh, you get a crash. And I'd be willing to bet there's more than one listener to this podcast today that's had that experience. It's pretty darn common, all too common, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, I think many members consider that affluences can't be competently handled. They've broken so many. They just think, wow, boy, here's another affluence condition. Enjoy it while we can because it's going to go to hell in a handbasket here pretty soon. That is not an application of the affluence formula, okay? It is not the correct step to stare at an affluence and go, wow, we were sure lucky to get an affluence. Boy, it'd be nice if it continued. Oh, my goodness. No way we could continue like this, man. We're, we're, we're in affluence and it's going crazy. And, yep, sooner or later the axe is going to fall and we're going we're gonna to hit the, hit the sidewalk. That's not the affluence formula. Okay. Now, he does say this. Uh, this reference, by the way, that definition of power that I read you is coming from a very important uh, article from Mr. Hubbard dated 27 August 1982, Vital Data, Power, and Affluence Conditions. And this entire podcast is based on this reference. So if you can grab a hold of one of the green volumes and look it up, Vital Data, Power, and Affluence Conditions. It's also probably in your Hubbard College reference set. Read the whole thing, but we're going to cover parts of it here, the the relevant parts for right now. So he says, uh, when you've got an affluence, regardless of how you did it, the affluence formula applies. So it doesn't matter how you got into that affluence. You could have had an inheritance. It's still an affluence. You must apply the affluence formula or you will be in trouble. Anyone dealing with affluence should be aware of the following peculiarities about it. Affluence is the most touchy condition there is. Misname it or handle it off formula, and it can kill you. It is, strangely enough, the most dangerous of all conditions, and that if you don't spot it and apply the formula, you spatter all over the street. Spot and handle it right, and it's a rocket ride. I'll run Hubbard. Get the idea of a rocket ride. Okay, get the idea of uh, taking off on a ski jump or something like that. You have a short little rise in front of you. Uh, You're not maybe that experienced a skier. And you go over that little jump and you go a few feet up in the air and you blow it and you land and you might hurt yourself a little bit, but it's not it's not that dangerous. But what if it was a real steep jump? You go flying up in the air. Wow, this is so exhilarating. And now you mishandle that jump. (laughs) So what do you expect is going to happen at the other end of that jump? And that's what happens if you mishandle affluence. So uh, we're going to cover some of the points. I'm just going to go quickly through the steps and give you a couple of examples of each. It deserves a thorough study, but I do want to point out a couple of Uh, pitfalls that members fall into, and we are going to cover this formula step by step. Okay, step one of affluence. Number one, economize. Now, the first thing you must do in affluence is economize and then make very, very sure that you don't buy anything that has any future commitment to it. Don't buy anything with any future commitments. Don't hire anybody with any future commitments. Nothing. That is all part of that economy. Clamp it down. So step one is economize, which, of course, we seldom do when we're in affluence because if we got a whole pile of money in, let's spend it. 
Now, I think of growing up as a boy and uh, asking my father, you know, what happened to Joe Lewis or what happened to some of these great boxers who, uh, you know, drove pink Cadillacs and had, you know, hot and cold running women and all the rest of it and for during their careers and ended up dying basically poverty stricken. Now, uh, very sad. I didn't understand this phenomena uh, as a boy when I heard these stories. I admired these men greatly. And, um, but it, in retrospect, you look back on it, knowing what we know now about affluence, obviously they were not correctly applying the affluence formula. You make a pile of money, uh, the first thing you do is economize. You do not go out there and start spending it. Your impulse will be to spend it. And you will in, uh, perhaps invest in things that have a lot of future commitments. Uh, boy, I, I deserve this bloody car. I've wanted it since I was a kid. And now I can darn well go out and buy it. And, you know, yeah, it's got a lease to it. And uh, there's all these other factors connected with it in terms of future commitment. But I'm darn well going to get it now because I earned it. Nope, you're not yet. You haven't earned it yet. Okay, you're on the first step of affluence, which is economize. Step two. Pay every bill. Get every bill that you can possibly scrape up from any place. Every penny you owe anywhere under the sun, moon, and stars and pay them. Okay. Now, this is paying every bill. Okay. It isn't paying off all of your debt. That's not necessarily, that might be an application to that step. But certainly, you want to make sure you're not backlogged on anything. You're going to pay off everything that you can. Obviously, if you've got a mortgage on your building or a lease on your equipment or something like that, it is not necessarily part of the formula to pay all that debt down. That's under control. Uh, some of it might be a bit onerous. You might want to take care of that or rehandle it so that your, your debt is very manageable. But if you have any backlog uh, dues to anyone, um, if you have any uh, backlog bills of any kind, you know, you're behind on something, pay it off. Get everything you can find and pay it off so that you are you are completely in present time on your bills. Okay, that's step two. Now, step three, invest the remainder in service facilities. Make it more possible to deliver. What's a service facility? It's something that makes it more possible to deliver. That's now you're going to start not, you're not going to think about the uh, Maserati right now. You're going to think about something that you can um, obtain that's going to increase your ability to deliver. Maybe it's a little more office space. Maybe it's a, a new piece of equipment that you need. Maybe it's another employee that you need on a certain post or position. We have something left over after we paid off all of our bills. And now we're going to invest the rest of it into a service facility, something that facilitates our ability to deliver service. Okay, so that's what you do as step three. Okay, uh, these first three steps are uh, quite well known amongst anybody who studied the conditions, and most of the members do a decent job of applying these first three steps. Where we have observed the members to fall apart is on step four. So we're going to put a little more attention on this one. Step four, which is the final step of affluence. Discover what caused the condition of affluence and strengthen it. So important for a couple of reasons. 
One, you have to discover. Discover means, and this is simply from a standard English dictionary, find out about, to find out information that was not previously known. You, you know the biggest mistake members make with step four? They already think they know. They don't look. If you're going to start looking for something in management or just about anything, you start looking for something already thinking you know the answer, guess what? You're going to miss the boat. You're not going to find the answer. You're not really discovering. You're just assuming. And that is one of the most uh, dangerous things you can do in any effort to investigate anything is to already conclude what the answer is before you start looking. It comes from old French, de couvrir, late Latin, discooperere, who knows how that's pronounced. Anyway, uh, which means uncover. So you're uncovering, it's covered, and you're going to uncover it. That's what it means to discover something, okay? So, first error made on step four is not to discover what caused the condition of affluence. And then it says, Mr. Hubbard says, to strengthen it. Okay, now this is the second pitfall that the members run into, okay? So I'm going to give you an example, and I want you to consider what your answer would be to this example. So let's say uh, we're running an auto repair shop, and we suddenly have a peak in new customers. Maybe we get a couple of new customers a week, and we have an affluence. We're getting eight to 10 new customers per week. What the heck happened here? All of a sudden, we're getting these new customers. Like, what started that? So you're in an affluence on new customers. That will probably reflect as an affluence in income later. But let's just analyze this. Now, we have an affluence and new customers. So discover what caused the condition of affluence. We're step four here. So we're digging and we're digging. And we go, holy cow, you remember that postcard we sent out six weeks ago? And we did this mailing to uh, all the uh, all the buyers of new cars in the last three years in this community or something like that. You got that mailing list. You did a mailing to it of postcards. Maybe you did a couple of them. That was six weeks ago. You basically forgot that you did that. Uh, and now you got this affluent six weeks later and you're kind of going, where did this come from? Now you do your analysis and you find out, oh, great. It was this postcard. Okay. So now we're going to strengthen this. And we want to pump you up. So then the question I ask you here that we're going to ask you is, how do you strengthen that? You found the cause. How do you strengthen it? Did you figure out how you're going to strengthen it? Okay. I'm going to tell you what most of you decided to do. You're going to send the postcard out again. And I just want to point out, that's not strengthening it. That's just doing it again. Okay? Now, maybe you say, well, I'm going to send out more postcards this time. I'm going to strengthen it by doing more. No, that's not strengthening it. That's just doing more of the same thing. In actual fact, if you analyze the normal formula, which we haven't taught you yet, it's the normal formula that you're doing. And if you do that, you're going to break your affluence. It's not to say you shouldn't do that. But don't think you're doing step four when you do that. Yes, of course, you should send out the postcard again. But how is that strengthening it just to do it again? That's not strengthening it. That'd be like, okay, let's go back to the Pony Express. So I've got to deliver a message down to Baltimore, okay? 
and I'm starting in New York and I get on a pony and I ride to Philadelphia. Okay. And that's the first leg of my journey. And I actually beat my targeted time. It's like, wow, we, we beat that time by about 15 minutes. Okay. Next stop is uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. Well, um, let's, uh, what caused the affluence? It was this pony. It's an awesome pony. I'm going to ride this pony, the same pony. And now I'm going to take it to Wilmington. So you strengthen it. Of course, you're going to feed her some oats and so forth. And, you know, uh, whatever you do to, to get your pony all ready to go. And you jump on that pony and you ride the pony to Wilmington and lo and behold, you beat your time again. Say, so what caused that affluence? This is an amazing pony. So now you're going to feed her some oats again. You're going to jump on that pony halfway to Baltimore. She drops dead. And you go, what happened? I thought I was doing the affluence for me. No, you weren't. You were just doing more of the same thing. And if you do that, you're going to break your affluence. So let's just see what Mr. Hubbard says here uh, in this reference that we've been reading from, Vital Data, Power, and Affluence Conditions. He says, now let's look at number four, the affluence formula. Let's look now at trends. What started this affluence? He's talking about statistical analysis now. We find the date coincidence. That means the thing that was happening at the same time. We find the date coincidence of the affluence was a program, was program A and program B. So you, you had two little programs. Maybe it was this postcard program that you were running, you know? Doesn't have to be a very sophisticated program. That was our program that we were running at that time. It was a promotional program. Good. For number four, the formula, we must strengthen these. Then he gives you the big tip-off. All right, how? By looking over the rest of the stats and finding which are not in affluence, of course. How do you strengthen your, your affluence? You look for the areas that are not in affluence. You're not looking at that star pony. You're looking at the other ponies. How can we get these other ponies to be more like our star pony? What did we feed this pony? What was, what's made this pony so, uh, so uh, capable? Maybe it was a feed. Maybe it was the breeder. Maybe it was uh, the ranch we bought her from. Let's strengthen this by looking for the areas that are not strong, the weak areas. Now, how do you know they're weak? By looking at their statistics. This is why you must keep more than two or three statistics. I don't care how big your business is. I should do a whole podcast just on statistics because uh, most members keep way too few statistics, you know? If you knew how many statistics we keep in, uh, at Wise East US, you'd probably faint And when you see how big our office is. But it doesn't take us long because we, we have the drill down and we know what statistics to keep and we monitor them closely and that's how we are as successful as we are. Same thing with any real successful Wise member. You look at it, they're probably keeping dozen, a dozen or more statistics or depending on the size of the company. But minimally, you want to be keeping seven, eight statistics. Because if you don't keep enough statistics, then when you have an affluence, you cannot analyze which are the statistics that are not up, which are the weak areas that you need to handle to strengthen your affluence. I sometimes use the analogy of a bridge. So you're building, building, over building this beautiful arch of a bridge over this river, and uh, it's going gorgeously high into the sky as it approaches the middle of the river, you fail to include in the design of that bridge perhaps supports or pylons underneath the arch of that bridge. So you just keep going. It's going great. 
And then suddenly the bridge starts breaking over into the river. Okay, why? Because you put no pylons underneath it. You put no support structure underneath that arch. So your affluents view it as something that must be supported. If you see it that way, then you don't have to be afraid of affluence. You see an affluence, you go, great. Our postcards are doing awesome. How's our radio show doing? How's our closing ratio doing? Let's look at some of these other statistics behind this affluence we have and new customers coming in to the auto repair shop from this, from these postcards. Do we keep a statistic on the number of people referring friends and family to the shop? Oh, that's, that's a non-existence. In fact, we don't even have a program for that. Really? You don't have a program for that? No, no, no. We just count on the postcards. Well, that's probably why you have a cycle of booms and depressions in your new customers. You have an affluence of new customers coming from the postcards. Sure, keep going with the postcards. But how about we institute a really cool referral program that rewards our customers for bringing in their friends? Wow, what a great idea. Never thought of that. Yeah, you're going to do that. Why? Because that's part of your affluence formula. This is how you can strengthen it. Here's a source that is very, very weak. Now, if we get that going along with the postcards, now you probably see you have a shot at power. So again, Mr. Hubbard says, good, per number four, the formula, we must strengthen these. All right, how? By looking over the rest of the stats and finding which are not in affluence, of course. Let me tell you another area where members are horrible on strengthening their affluences, and that's establishment. Do you keep even a statistic for establishment? Most members don't, frankly. You should have a statistic like number of, here's one of my favorites, number of training steps completed on staff. You know, uh, I've talked to members time to time, say, oh yeah, all my staff are trained. I have never heard of anyone being so trained that they need no further training. Have you? Is that how you view yourself? Because if you view yourself that way, you're really selling yourself short. In fact, you couldn't possibly be viewing yourself that way because if you did, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So don't think that your employees can just read over the conditions one time and now they got it and they never be, need to be trained on the conditions again. I'm sure many of the people listening to this podcast have studied the conditions formulas before and are getting more out of it listening to this podcast. How many times over do you think you need to, to cover the conditions with your employees? If you're having realizations today, what about your employees? So you should always have a training statistic to measure how well trained your employees or staff are getting. And sometimes you'll find that you've got a great affluence going in production, but we're neglecting the training of the staff and they just, they break down after a while, just like a, just like a washing machine does. I mean, I don't want to compare staff to a washing machine, but I'm just saying they need maintenance too. So don't neglect this aspect of analyzing your affluences and what caused them and how to strengthen them. Okay, there's a lot more I want to teach you about this condition. We are going to revisit it uh, possibly as early as the next podcast because I also want to teach you on how to deal with a broken affluence because that is, I'm sure everybody here has had at least one or two affluences uh, with their business and maybe you're experiencing an affluence now. Obviously, I want you to apply the affluence formula now, which is why we're going over this uh, today. But for those of you who have experienced affluence in the past and broken it, there is great abundant hope for you. Believe it or not, you can use that 
uh, broken afflans to recover uh, an afflans condition. And we'll probably cover that next time, but I've already been speaking too long. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, hope you learned something. Please don't forget to write us at info at wiseeastus.org. Uh, your feedback. We love hearing your wins, but we also uh, are very happy to answer your questions. So please don't hesitate to write us at info at wiseeastus.org. And um, we'll talk to you uh, next week. And we will talk to you again with another special edition coming out Saturday morning. Uh, we'll keep those special editions in for a while, but here you are with this regular edition, and we hope you enjoyed it.